Welcome to At Home and Abroad with Harris and Walker. Join us each week as we explore the far reaches of the globe in search of unique characters and stories to share. Reach beyond your front door and let's chat about art, architecture, history, real estate, and more. Let's jump in. Love is the food of life. Travel the dessert. Whomever first uttered those words understood that love and travel are woven into the fabric of human experience. There are those who purposely seek love in distant lands, lured by the romance and mystery of a foreign destination. And then there are those who are happily surprised when love drops into their lives when adventuring abroad. We have long embraced the intersection of love and travel in popular culture, so it is no surprise that we often honor and observe love commitments while enjoying romantic getaways. We are excited to learn more from expert proposal planner Handy of Proposal Envy, located in one of the most renowned romantic destinations in the world, Bali. So let's pop the question and say I do as we take the plunge into love and travel. Most of us love to travel. We love the potential for the new experiences it offers. But for some people, the words love and travel carry a lot more meaning. I'm talking about those people who have found love in all its forms while they're on the road. Love and travel can often go hand in hand, can't it, Walker? They can. We often see the two themes intertwined on the printed page or on the big screen. That's right. Often the plot of romantic movies feature a main character who finds love in unexpected places while traveling abroad. For instance, the classic movie Roman Holiday with Audrey Hepburn and Gregory Peck. Or even more recently, The Holiday in which Cameron Diaz, who's one of the main characters, lives in California and decides to sign up to swap a house with Kate Winslet who lives in a charming little village in England. Both are in desperate need of a change of scenery to escape complicated lives and bad relationships. I don't have to tell you how things end, right? Uh, Let me guess. They end up finding love at their home away from home. You know, Harris, I've seen so many of these films. I have no doubt about that, Walker. (laughs) You are a total softy romantic. So here are a few films off the top of my head. Knights in Rodanthe, French Kiss, The English Patient, the Before Sunrise trilogy, and one of my favorites, Lost in Translation, where the main characters meet in a hotel bar in Tokyo. Sofia Coppola keeps the viewer wondering whether their relationship is going to take the next step. Hmm. I adore these love stories that are set in exotic location. I also love those gorgeous films in which the romance is found in the way the protagonist finds their passion, like in Shirley Valentine, which we have talked about before, Under the Tuscan Sun, and Midnight in Paris. Yeah, and Eat, Pray, Love, Mm -hmm. which I think we've also talked about before. (laughs) Love doesn't have to be about finding someone else. It can also be about finding yourself. So true. Think about Mamma Mia. This lovely feel-good film takes place in gorgeous Greece. A mother, played by Meryl Streep, is preparing for her daughter's wedding. She's reunited with three loves of her life, each of whom is potentially the father of her soon-to-be-married daughter. It also celebrates a love, though, shared between her two lifetime best friends. Yeah, there is a lot of love in that one. It's a huge favorite in my family, which actually says a lot because they are not big fans of musicals like I am. 
I'm actually not a big romance fan, either on film or in print, not in the traditional sense anyway, but there are some beautiful love stories to be found in books. There certainly are. I just finished one of the most beautifully written books I have ever read, which depicts the tale of an exquisite but challenged love. My dear friend gave it to me this past Christmas, and I have since gifted it to several people. It's called The Art of Hearing Heartbeats by Jan Philip Senker. Have you heard of it, Walker? I have heard of it only from you. What's it about? It's a story that straddles the United States and Burma. Mm. I almost don't want to share it because it's such an experience to read. But suffice it to say that it's a story of a deep, profound, and mutual love that spans distance and time. It unfolds as a daughter tries to unravel her father's disappearance. Well, it sounds interesting. I also read an interesting book last year with a travel sort of love theme called People We Meet on Vacation by Emily Henry. Have you read it? No, I haven't heard of it. Uh, Well, it's a very light book. It's more about friendship, or a lot of it is about friendship. It offers a little bit of a different twist on the love travel connection. So it's about two friends who vacation together every summer for one week. But they essentially live different lives. And they've known each other since university when they had the opportunity to share a car back to their hometown one weekend. Oh, okay. And? Well, I don't want to give everything away as well. But they have a bit of a falling out and stop talking. And then one day, Poppy, one of the main characters, realizes that the last time she was truly happy was when she and Alex were on vacation together. Mm. So she decides to initiate a road trip in order to mend their friendship. Oh, do tell, Walker. Is it love? (laughs) You'll have to read it to find out. Sorry. Oh, my gosh. A cliffhanger. I wonder what it is about finding love abroad. It seems to happen quite often. I read this really interesting article in the Globe and Mail entitled, Why is it so easy to fall in love or lust while traveling. Hmm. In this article, they note a 2014 intrepid travel survey, which claims that 10% of Australian travelers said that they fall in love while on holidays. Wow, that's a lot. Now, is this hookup love or love love? No, it's real love. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, another study from Liverpool John Moores University claims that one in three single people report to have had casual hookups on vacation. Right. I'm sure married or attached people have too, but not surprisingly, I couldn't find any stats on that. Yeah, not surprising (laughs) at all. Well, the article says that traveling can create good positive stress where your brain is flooded with adrenaline akin to first date jitters. So this physiological arousal isn't necessarily sexual, but your brain can't tell the difference, which leads you to maybe engage in that kind of playtime. And yeah, and another study supported the fact that higher adrenaline also makes you more likely to find people more attractive. Well, travel has more of an impact on us than I thought. I once heard that people rated other people to be better looking after riding a roller coaster. So I guess adrenaline equals googly eyes, Walker. (laughs) Who knew? I know, right? Uh, Melissa Lem, a Vancouver physician, also stated that people on vacation often put themselves in novel and exciting situations, which can have the same physiological effect on your body as falling in love. Combine this with a sense of urgency because vacations only last for so long, right? You've got a recipe for accelerated emotional attachment, she says. Well, this makes all very good sense now. Mm -hmm. We're in a new environment that's often vibrant and exciting, away from the routines of home. We're sitting ducks for a travel romance. Now explain to me 
international dating. People are often browsing profiles of prospective mate matches in the comfort of their own homes, but they're truly seeking love abroad. Yes, I think some people purposely seek out relationships with people from different cultures and countries in which they've always had a personal interest. Mm -hmm. Maybe you've always considered Irish accents to be super sexy and think the history and the culture of Ireland is fascinating. So you want to meet someone from Ireland. Yes. In fact, it brings to mind a very popular book and television series called Outlander Walker. Never heard of it. Right. Which is a steamy (laughs) romance between a modern day English woman and rugged Scottish laird. The accents, the beautiful context of the Scottish countryside. You know, there's no wonder that Outlander and the series that author Diana Gabaldon wrote have such a huge fan following. Right. Well, I absolutely love that show. I know. I'm finishing season six, getting ready for season seven coming up. Great. I think that series like that, as well as reality TV, has perhaps contributed to the increase in popularity of cross-border romance Mm. and international dating apps, for that matter. Like the show 90 Day Fiance. I've never seen that show. Have you seen it? Have I seen it? Ah, yes. Seasons of it. In fact, 90 Day Fiance features couples usually from vastly different geographical locations and cultural backgrounds who have 90 days to determine if a wedding might be in their future. I'm so fascinated with how quickly these relationships can grow and also implode. Okay, so that sounds absolutely insane. Is making time travel in Outlander sound completely (laughs) normal? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a bit crazy. (laughs) It's interesting to note that according to GQ magazine, international dating apps are more popular with American men looking for international women, and in many cases from a picturesque but relatively economically disadvantaged nation. So yeah, the worry of these situations is that the woman is being taken advantage of because she is vulnerable and the validity of the marriage is questioned as a result. Now, if you are interested in an international romance, do your research and make sure you're signing up with a reputable service first. Absolutely. That's good advice. There are many success stories of people who have truly found love overseas. There's one couple I follow on Instagram, Carlo and Sarah. She is American. He's Italian. They met while Sarah was visiting family in Southern Italy in 2019. Now, Carlo, a local, met Sarah while working as a lifeguard at his family's beach club while she was visiting. He asked Sarah out despite hardly speaking any English. Today, they're married and living in Boston, and much of the humor presented in TikTok and Instagram is pertaining to their life as a couple navigating their relationship, having been brought up into very different cultures. Yeah, I follow them too. They're so funny and they're sweet, aren't they, Walker? (laughs) They're very sweet. You don't even have to meet abroad, though, to mix love and travel in your life. More and more people are seeking adventure by organizing destination proposals and destination weddings. You know, we were at the beginning of that destination wedding wave 25 years ago. Oh, right. So what made you two decide to get married overseas? Well, it felt a little romantic to us. It was kind of like an elopement with close family and friends while on a white sand beach. The proposal, however, Walker, (laughs) was very low key in comparison to the wedding. But marriage proposals are not what they used to be, are they? 
They certainly aren't. They have gotten a lot more, how shall I say, extra? Oh, I love that word extra. (laughs) Yeah, it's so true. No longer is it enough to propose over a fancy dinner. Many proposals are now taking place in far-flung destinations, places which most of us would consider romantic or even exotic. Well, it sounds like fun and any excuse to travel, right, Harris? You got that right. Perhaps proposals have always had a place while on holiday. You're already making memories and having fun, so the timing has the potential to be the perfect time to propose. If you pop the question and the answer is yes, that makes for a really beautiful memory. Okay, so what if the answer is no? (laughs) That would be awful. I know. Terrible. Terrible. And in (laughs) fact... I once was eavesdropping on a conversation. I know that's a terrible thing to do, but I couldn't help it. I was right there at a hotel concierge desk and the woman beside me was asking for a separate room from the man she had just turned down in marriage. And apparently the hotel was full and this poor couple, they were fated to share that small space together with all that awkwardness and heartbreak between them. That would not be fun at all. I know. When I was researching this episode, I did not find much regarding spontaneous destination proposals, but rather well-planned proposals that would have required a lot of forethought and likely money too. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, there are now event planners who cater specifically to Instagram-worthy proposals. Mm. Arranging the perfect proposal can now be left in expert hands. You don't have to worry about setting up the candles or the rose petals, the champagne, the flowers, the marry me marquees or whatever elements you think are important, the sky really is the limit. A planned proposal will also often ensure that the moment is captured for all time by having an on-site photographer present. Well, very cool. And you wouldn't have to deal with language barriers either because you would have somebody who would be speaking on your behalf if there is a language issue. Yeah. Yeah. So what are the popular proposal destinations? Well, Hawaii, Bali, Venice, and Santorini are all very popular romantic destinations for proposals. California has a lot of proposal-worthy spots too. But speaking of the sky being the limit, what about a hot air balloon ride in Queenstown, New Zealand? That would be a pretty cool option if you want the proposal to be an experience to remember because that part of the South Island is spectacularly gorgeous. Okay, so I would want to be pretty sure that I was getting a yes if I was going to be stuck in a... (laughs) in a basket up in the air. (laughs) Also, the planning and expense would have to be worth it, right? Absolutely. If you're dragging your butts all the way halfway across the world and then you're up in a hot air balloon, I can't even imagine. But on that note, we have the wonderful fortune to speak with Handy, who is the owner of Proposal Envy. He specializes in the development and execution of memorable proposals in the beautiful Bali, Indonesia. We are so thrilled today to be speaking to Handy, founder and owner of Proposal Envy, which offers full-service proposal planning on the beautiful island of Bali in Indonesia. Welcome, Handy. How are you today? I'm doing very good. How are you? We are well, though not as well as you in Bali. (laughs) It is a beautiful place in Bali here. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. So let's just jump right into it, Handy. When I was married 25 years ago, destination weddings were a fairly new option for young engaged couples and certainly planned proposals and destination proposals were not even on my radar. 
And now this is a very much a thriving aspect of the wedding industry. So what led you to creating your successful enterprise there, Proposal Envy? Uh, okay, so it was actually from my own personal experience. Okay. So if I can tell you a bit of a backstory to it. So years ago, I wanted to propose to my lovely wife in Bali. Right. And I wanted to be, you know, something magical and meaningful for the both of us. So I started planning um, and looking for vendors, such as you know, the location, decorations, and, and everything. And I was, uh, I had a really hard time, you know, finding the, the perfect venue and the perfect uh, vendors. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, nevertheless, I, I just went through with it and I, you know, hope for the best. <laughs> so, uh, but ultimately she said yes. That's good news. <laughs> yes. But, you know, yeah, after, after the whole thing, you know, I, I kind of thought, you know, it would be a lot better if somebody or a company could have helped me with my planning, with my, with my proposal and everything. So that's the kind of like the whole idea. I wanted to be that person who helped people that wanted to go the extra mile right. and give their partner uh, their dream proposal. Yes, their dream proposal. Can you tell us a little bit about your proposal to your wife? Uh, my proposal was uh, kind of like a scavenger hunt. Oh. So I rented this uh, like a private villa. And when we went there, she she knew that we, we were going to stay at, at the villa. Mm-hmm. But she didn't know, you know, the like which number of the villa. So, start, so starting from the lobby... I gave her like some hints. Okay. Uh, so she had to go like uh, at three or four stops uh, and ended up in the villa. Wow. So, you know, she had to go through, you know, the those fun stuff, uh, riding a bike and, you know, sol- solving some puzzles. And ultimately, when she got into the villa, I had this whole setup with our pictures and our uh, like uh, like balloons and flowers and, uh, and the marry me sign. And oh. we standing there waiting for her to come in. That's so <laughs> romantic, Handy. That's so romantic. <laughs> I won't tell you about my proposal. It was not even close to that lovely. <laughs> Maybe another time. Off, oh. off, off air, I'll tell you. So you mentioned that your goal is to create a dream proposal experience that ensures your clients create a memory worth remembering. Can you right. tell me what a dream proposal experience involves? Although I can say it probably involves planning mm-hmm. and the right venue with the aspect that I believe that will make your proposal magical is, uh, is to create or to include something that's important to you. Mm-hmm. So, for, for example, if you're a family-oriented person, um, if you like to have, you know, you're really close with your family and you want them to be there, I think it's very, it's going to be a really magical experience if you can include them to witness your proposal. Yes, that would be lovely to have everybody yes, so, involved. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's one of the, uh, the most important thing. If you can, you know, include something that is important to the both of you uh, and that will really make it, make the experience personal to the both of you. So yeah, Mm -hmm. that's the most important part for me. 
Yeah. And so do you sit down with your clients in advance and sort of try and tease out what is important to them? Because some people may not have any idea of how they want to. Yes, yes, yes. We do like, uh, we do this, uh, like, like a consultation part. So we talk with them, we, you know, we sit them down or we zoom or we email and then we kind of like talk. And I can find out what's important to them, you know, what they want and what's their relationship based on. And, you know, every kind of like small details that they can they can tell me. And mm-hmm. then I can say, oh, this, you know, this is uh, the thing that probably going to be good for your proposal. Mm-hmm. And then we can go from there. Okay. And you take care of the proposal really from start to finish. So it makes it very, very easy, especially for somebody who might be coming to Bali or bringing their loved one to to Bali to propose, you can take care of everything on the ground. Yes, exactly. That's amazing. So is there one proposal that you've helped to to create that really stands out for you? Aside from Um, your own, maybe. (laughs) Yes, aside from my mine was the most memorable one. I'm just Of course, of course. (laughs) There are so many different proposals. Um, but one that came to mind was this particular proposal that I had about uh, three years ago or four years ago. Mm-hmm. It was a flash mob at an elephant park. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> so yeah, um, so uh, this person came to me. I think he was from Australia, if I remember uh, correctly. So he wanted to do a proposal with a flash mob. Wow. And he also said to me that uh, his partner, his girlfriend, likes loves elephants. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So Who you know, I, and then and then I I suggested we can do the flash mob at an elephant park, and he loved the idea. I love the idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. So, yeah, so that, what, were they very happy? Yes, they were very happy. The, the guy, he he joined in the flash mob as well. Oh, you're so that's, yeah, he, he did join in. So he kind of practiced with us for like a, a few days. Yeah. And then his partner w- was really confused. And, you know, she didn't know what was going on because she thought this was a performance for everybody. Oh, and, you know, she, she didn't know this was only for her, her proposal. And when, when he joined in, it kind of came to her that, you know, oh, this, you know, this is something special and something's going to happen. And then, that's when she started to cry and, you know, everything. Oh, <laughs> that's so beautiful, Handy. You bring so much joy to to people's lives and the beginning of their journey in love. I think it's just so amazing. So did she say yes? I hope she did. Yes, yes. Good. She said absolutely, yes. So, Handy, how far in advance should people be reaching out to you if they want to seek out your help in arranging for a memorable proposal? It really depends on the concept. Really, uh, I would like it to be more than a month. Uh, okay. So we have more time to plan, more time to discuss, and more time to seek out the perfect venue, the perfect vendors and everything. Uh, but if it's simple enough, uh, I would say at least three weeks is the, is, is the minimum. Because, you know, I also want this to be perfect for them. So I don't really want to rush everything, you know, just to get their business or something like that. So I I want, uh, because this is my own business and my own company, I also want to be perfect. 
which is always nice when the people that are helping you out want it as much as you do, right? Want it to right, be perfect right, as much yeah. as you do. Well, Bali is a place of beauty and wonder and a popular destination for all manner of celebrations. Why do you think Bali is the perfect location to create important, memorable moments, such as a proposal? Um, I think because having it in Bali is one of their experiences that you can't get anywhere else. Uh, I mean, yes, there are beaches everywhere around the world and then, you know, some similar views, but definitely there's something different in Bali, uh, something that I can't really express with words. But if you experience it yourself here, it becomes magical and priceless. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Handy, for bringing to light the beauty of planning a proposal. Through your work, you have contributed to the creation of exceptional memories of so many people, I'm sure. Now, for our listeners, if you'd like to learn more about Proposal Envy, you can reach out to their website at www.proposalenvy.com or follow Handy and his wife on Instagram at, at @proposalenvy. Thank you very much, Handy. We really appreciate it. It's lovely speaking You're very with welcome. you. Thank you, Handy. And I'm coming to Bali. I will, I'm waiting for you. Beautiful. Okay, so we've covered the proposal. What about the wedding itself? According to research conducted in 2021 by The Knot, which is a wedding magazine, 19% of couples decided to go the route of a destination wedding among the 15,000 plus couples surveyed. Now I could go on and on about what's involved in planning a destination wedding, but I figured why do that when we have an expert right here? Oh my gosh. Well, I would not call myself an expert. I've only had one destination wedding. Thank goodness. I know, right? I suppose that's a good thing. So why did you choose having a destination wedding as opposed to having one back home like I did? I know you talked about the fact that you thought it would be romantic, but was there more to it than that? Well, you might not believe this, Walker, but neither of us really liked being in the spotlight. And I know that that's changed for me now. <laughs> I know it's changed for me now. But we didn't also want to have a church ceremony. We were just starting out. And we didn't have a lot of money for a big hoop to do. Yeah. It's my understanding that many people visit the location in advance. Is this what you did in preparation for your wedding? No. In fact, destination weddings were such a new thing at the time. We had no idea what was going to take place at all, pretty much anything on our wedding day. We knew that there was going to be champagne. That's it. We even had a rehearsal dinner without a rehearsal. It's like one of those lucky grab bags you get. <laughs> it was. And you don't know what you're going to get inside. Yeah. There was no FaceTiming, no nothing. It was actually a little bit disconcerting when wow. I had my wedding dress on and I was being led around. I had no idea what was going to happen. very adventurous. I yeah. don't think I could have put my special day and all the importance in the hands of some complete stranger. <laughs> I know. We were very, we were very young, very naive, but it went well. It went well. Well, I've only taken part in one destination wedding. It wasn't mine, obviously. It, it was um, a friend of mine. So who typically pays for the guest accommodations? I think that's something that people like to know when yeah. they're invited as guests. Yeah. I don't know really what happens these days, but I think think that typically the couple blocks groups of rooms at various price points and the guests are responsible for booking and paying for their own accommodations. Right, right. That's, that sounds reasonable. I think that's what we did. Now, would you say that there were 
some complexities involved with having a destination wedding? I mean, other than not knowing at all what was going to (laughs) happen. I'm sure it's not that way today at all. But um, did you have any issues? We didn't really have any issues, but I think there are some complexities that people need to be aware of. There might be different documentation requirements in other countries that are required to ensure that your marriage is actually legal, which is kind of important. (laughs) That's good. Uh, So definitely look into that in advance if your wedding planner doesn't offer you this information. For example, we had to meet with a notary and a government official prior to our wedding to provide them documents and also sign other documents. We just, oh my God, like thinking back, we were just such babies. I wish I was there, Harris. I've seen the photos and I wish I was there. I wish you were too, Walker. Well, lots of people are finding love while traveling, but it isn't always a future spouse. Yeah, you're right about that. As we touched on earlier, love comes in many forms. Sometimes it's lifelong friendships that are born while traveling. Yeah, like the two women who were featured recently in Toronto Life magazine who met in 2011 at the Miami airport. Maggie Musgrave was sitting crying in the airport after having celebrated her bachelorette party. She had a feeling that her upcoming wedding was a mistake. Suddenly, she heard a dog bark and Maggie and Cindy Jaron, who's the owner of the dog, quickly struck up a conversation. The women realized very quickly as well that they had a lot in common and both were booked on the same flight. The hour-long conversation led to a friendship which continues to this day. I love that. That's just serendipity. This brings to mind the story that CNN covered about Polaris, a dog that had traveled with a passenger to San Francisco from another country, but so sadly was abandoned at the airport by his irresponsible owner. Oh, that is, that's terrible. How could anybody do that? I know, it's so cruel. It makes me crazy. But the story does have a happy ending. Polaris was adopted by a United Airlines pilot named Captain William Dale. I can imagine that Captain Dale wasn't expecting to be bringing home a new poochie that day. There are so many heartwarming stories of travelers who establish a connection with a stray animal while on vacation and offer these animals a new chance at life. Funnily enough, a common friend of ours, Walker, just rescued three kittens on a holiday in Barbados. They were just teeny tiny little things who she restored to health and then flew them back home to Canada. And guess who's adopting two of them? Harris, you've got five pets. No, no, I'm not adopting two more. Don't worry. I'm not going to be the crazy cat lady. I'm going to be a pet grandma. My daughter is adopting them. Well, that reminds me of a UK couple who had a unique experience during their trip to Turkey. They say that they were at a Starbucks having something to drink when a dog walked up to them and sat down. After giving the dog a drink and something to eat, the dog followed them back to their hotel and the dog ended up camping outside their hotel room every night, refusing to leave. Oh, that's so cute. I know, right? They named the dog Leia and proceeded to have her microchipped and vaccinated as the dog had been living on the streets for five years. It took four months, the whole process, plus additional tests and vaccinations, and then a period of three months of quarantine before Leia could be reunited with them. Well, it sounds like it was really... Really worth it. They were lucky to find each other. They were. And you can watch their very popular story online, which racked up over hundreds of thousands of views. It's quite a lot. And not everyone, though, has the means or the opportunity to travel. But have no fear. You can still feel the love by creating a romantic destination-themed staycation. Okay, I'm all ears. Okay, it's easy. (laughs) You just choose a country, 
Maybe it's a special place that you or your significant other or a friend have been to before or a place that you really, really want to go to. And then create a romantic stay-at-home experience based on that theme. The website Worldwide Honeymoon has really great ideas for destination-themed evenings. I was drawn to the Thailand-inspired romantic evening. For dinner, you can make khao soy, which is a Thai coconut curry noodle soup, which sounds delicious. And you can make it vegetarian, vegan, or with animal protein, however you like it, and pair it with a singha or chang beer. I highly recommend singha beer. Love it. And then you can watch Phil Rosenthal in the Bangkok episode of Somebody Feed Phil. It's apparently quite entertaining and it's not just about food. It really brings alive the sights and sounds of Bangkok. So it's kind of like the full experience. Well, that sounds like fun. It doesn't always have to be red wine and steak frites, right? No, it doesn't. (laughs) Although my husband thinks it does. Well, if you want to buy a little something special for your travel-minded love interest, I also have a few ideas. Excellent. I'm getting my pen ready for this walker. (laughs) Perfect. So one cute and affordable option would be matching luggage tags. Mm. Now, if you want to spend a little bit more money, you can opt for the ever-popular Apple Air tags, which have the practical benefit of helping you track down your baggage, you know, if it gets lost. Yeah. You can also mark on a world map all the destinations you've been to. They have some really lovely scratchable maps out there these days. Yeah, I love those. Yeah, I'm a sucker for a beautiful coffee table book too. So, you know, you could perhaps select one that focused on a specific country that you and your partner love or one that you want to go to in the future. And I did that just recently at Christmas. Oh, cool. Yeah, if you want to be more creative, you can order a travel-minded subscription box as well. They have some very cool themes like the one offered by Universal Yums, which delivers candies and other snacks from a different country from around the world each month. Wow, that mm-hmm. sounds like a great way to celebrate love at home if you can't go abroad. <laughs> you managed to slip one in right there at the end, didn't you? I do my best, Walker. <laughs> Finding love in itself is a journey. In love, we explore unknown territory, discover ourselves, and connect deeply with others. And so it is too with travel. It makes sense then that love often finds us on distant shores and that we seek to celebrate and confirm our love in faraway lands. Love is an adventure, so seek, roam, fly, and hit the road. Somewhere out there, love will find you. Thank you for joining us at At Home and Abroad with your host, Harrison Walker. Follow us each week as we continue the conversation.